0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome into Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined today by George Kurtz, as Craig Mish has today off of course you are in capable hands with myself and george march madness has clearly begun it's all anyone wants to talk about but uh you know we are still here grinding the nfl free agency news we just had another big i think for fantasy football purposes signing this morning two pretty big upsets in the ncla men's basketball tournament george how are things out there on long island are you are you locked in are you uh, over the moon about the Furman victory over Virginia?
2: Uh, no. All right. I don't know who Furman is. I'm a team player. I don't think I watched one minute of uh, March Madness. That's just not that guy. I'm the hockey guy. I'm the football guy. I'm the baseball guy. So no, March Madness. I do know a uh, uh, number two seed lost. I think it was in Arizona. I do know that. So I do see these things, but uh, no, I'm not locked in and loaded
1: yeah i think that uh i you know i mean there are probably a fair few number of people who are watching this program they're locked into their fantasy baseball teams they're tracking the nfl free agency news i know my buddies definitely are more concerned with you know where chase Edmonds signed than uh firman's offense which is sort of interesting moving now to our headlines here on friday march 17th houston the number one seed advances despite their star guard marcus sasser being unable to finish the game he is reportedly uh still going to be a game time decision for their next game the number 15 seed Princeton Tigers take down the number 2 seed Arizona Wildcats the Eagles despite a rumor yesterday that uh they were maybe going to be moving on from Darius Slay they were maybe going to cut him or find a trade partner they did find a way to renegotiate and bring Darius Slade back they are still however missing 8 of their 11 defensive starters from last season that certainly will be one of the big storylines throughout the course of the offseason and very sad a uh, very sad story for the chicago bulls lonzo ball is going to have the third surgery in a row on his left knee just cannot seem to get healthy you know it's not uh, not particularly great for the chicago bulls traded multiple first round picks to acquire a team that looks like it's going to be i don't know the ninth best team in the eastern conference so george menus there you can take you can go any direction you want with our headlines here on Friday. <laughs>
2: yeah, I wonder which direction I'm going to go with here. Hmm. I think I'll take the Eagles and Darius Slay here. Uh, yeah, not the, A little bit of a surprise here. Uh, I think we talked a little bit about it yesterday on one of the shows. Maybe it was in-game live. Uh, surprise, uh, disappointed. As a Cowboy fan, I'm disappointed. I would have liked to have seen Slay gone. Go to the AFC, leave Philadelphia, get out of the East, and uh, go away. I think he is that, that good a cornerback here, him and uh, – Uh, Bradbury, they'll have a a good duo there. Still, the Eagles are going to have some problems. You said it. Eight of 11 here. uh, I mean, their secondary's been crushed as far as the safeties. All three safeties may be gone here, assuming Sauce Gardner doesn't resign there. Uh, You know, Hargraves goes to San Francisco. A very good rushing, uh, maybe outside of Aaron Donald maybe the best interior rushing defensive lineman in the NFL here. So he's gone and he goes to San Fran too. Probably not where anybody in the NFC wants to see him go. So loss is there. The DC has gone. Ah, uh, The O.C. is gone. I don't think they have any A.C. anymore in Philadelphia either. So uh, that was a Dubs Anderson joke, by the way. I said I wouldn't give him credit for it, but I will give him credit for it. Uh, he said that last night. So no D.C., no O.C., no A.C. in Philadelphia. So, uh, hey, this is what happens, Davis. They got to pay, uh, They think, 50-plus million for Jalen Hurts uh, per year on his new contract. So they knew they had budget problems here, and this is why all these defensive players are going bye-bye
1: yeah so you are you're definitely correct um i'm thinking of a fantasy relevant angle here though and i have not seen i i think i'm the first person to come up with this take you can correct me if someone else here on the network has uh has got it out first but jalen hurts last season mvp caliber season right uh finished second in the mvp voting probably would have won the award had he not gotten injured there at the end he only threw 460 passes because you know what happened in all these eagles games george they were winning by 20 at half in every game. They were just crushing everyone. He only did 460 passes last year, 432 the year before. Let's give the Eagles a league average defense, maybe even slightly worse than league average if some of these new pieces that they're bringing in to start. I mean, is Jalen Hurts' his fantasy ceiling even higher? He only threw for 3,700 yards and 22 touchdowns, and obviously a huge part of what he's doing for fantasy football is the 13, yes, 13 rushing touchdowns that he had in the regular season last year. But honestly, if they're getting into these shootout games, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Rashad Penny, Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, all of these guys are going to be better. I mean, they're already good weekly starts in fantasy football, obviously, but Hurts could be far and away the number one quarterback in fantasy football next year.
2: Oh, I think what you said is an extremely valid point here. Uh, I think, and it's funny, we'll forget about that, right? We'll forget that all those games, not all, but a majority of those games were blowouts last year. we in the second half, Phil Davis was like, let's get the game over with and move on here, right? Uh, So they didn't have to throw the ball. Uh, I mean, you can make it, you know, had 13 rushing touchdowns. That might not happen again. All right, I'll give you that. It might not, but you just said it. He's going to throw the ball more often than he did. Either they had the same defense, odds are they wouldn't have all all these blowouts again. They had an easier schedule last year for whatever it was worth. They had an easier schedule. That's probably not going to happen again. I'm with you on Hertz. I don't think I can take him over Pat Mahomes. I I just don't think I can do that. I think there's a good chance he's going to have more fantasy points than uh, than Mahomes. But uh, if I was somebody who was going to take a quarterback early... I think it's still going to be Mahomes, but odds are in uh, a standard league, one quarterback league, I won't have either one. I generally don't spend a high pick on a quarterback.
1: Yep, I'm with you there. Still going to be Mahomes first for me. Guys, we got a jam-packed show for you today. We're going to do a little bit of old faces, new places, updating you on NFL Free Agency. We're going to take a look at the San Diego Padres for face- baseball. It's smarter to be on SportsGrid. Oh don't boy. go for Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fantasy Sports Day, Sports Day TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by George Kurtz. We are going to do a little update here on NFL free agency. We got even more news overnight, and uh, even a little bit here this morning. We are going to begin, George, with Paris Campbell signing with the New York Giants. About the smallest contract you could possibly get. It's it's the veteran minimum with a little bit of extra added incentives, obviously. The big issue in Paris Campbell's career, everyone knows, guy absolutely can't stay healthy. He's looked decent at times for the Indianapolis Colts, but the New York Giants also have another injury prone slot wide receiver. And honestly, Paris Campbell's job might just be to keep the seat warm for Wandale Robinson while he recovers from his ACL injury. Reports are that, you know, Wandale's going to be kind of on the same track as Michael Gallup and Chris Godwin from last season. So he's going to be at training camp. He's gonna be doing these activities, but might not be a hundred percent good to go. I, I honestly view this mostly, George, as just some insurance if Wandale is not ready for, let's say, the first month of the season for the Giants.
2: Does it concern you somewhat though that the Giants have seemed to go the old uh quantity over quality here? All right, you have Hodges. We'll see what he uh, comes in year two. Uh definitely about coming out party last year. Campbell, signed. Slayton, signed. Shepard signed Robinson, okay, and Robinson and Shepard coming off injury here. Like I said, there's a lot of quantity here. I don't know how much quality there actually is here. I uh, heard yesterday that they're they're not going to be in the Odell. They're not going to sign Odell. Uh, they're not interested. I mean, once again, it could just be team speak to try and get the price down. But they say they're they're not going to sign him. You did trade for Waller, but you know he's healthy for like what half the season if you're lucky. So uh, I just find this interesting. You know, are you going to make a? I guess try to make a big splash in the draft. You know, there's not much of free agency. Are you going to be one of those teams that maybe trade for DeAndre Hopkins or Jerry Judy, someone like that? This fine. They're signing a lot of wide receivers, but they're all blah guys. They're own guys or, you know, guys that aren't really expected to do much. I'm still – I'm not sure there's a number two on this team. I know there's not a number one.
1: Yeah, there's definitely not a number one. I mean, I think probably the team is hoping that Darren Waller can be the number one, you know, that somehow he can find a way at age 31 to stay healthy for 17 games. We'll see if that's true. But, uh, George, honestly, it might just be there's no number one available. You know, they don't want to add DeAndre Hopkins' money. They don't want to add Chris Godwin's money. Like, there just might not be a number one out there. So we'll see as that continues to evolve over the course of the offseason. Moving now to the Chicago Bears, one of the hottest teams to discuss about what their offense is going to look like in 2023. They signed Dante Foreman to a one-year contract in, uh, a one-year contract with a bunch of incentives. So their backfield now, no more David Montgomery. He's with the Detroit Lions. They have Dante Foreman, who was quite good with the Carolina Panthers last season. They have Travis Homer, uh, third down back from the Seattle Seahawks, signs a one-year deal with them as well. And then day two rookie Khalil Herbert, who had a couple spot starts last year, remains on the roster as well. Um, I'm I'm sort of anticipating Foreman being the starting running back for this team. I think they're going to give him the opportunity to basically be David Montgomery. That's just that's sort of my read on the situation. But I don't know if I love the landing spot for him.
2: I'm of a similar mind with you. Uh, I think it's gonna be more of a 60-40 split, and I would probably give Foreman the edge in that. If uh, Foreman's gonna be the goal line guy, which I think he will be, then sure, Foreman's the other guy you want there. But this is once again like so many teams in the NFL now. I would say most teams, two backs. You know, you don't really have one. You know, you have two backs here, so it's hard to get the. You know, it's, this is why those teams that have the one back they're so valuable in fantasy. Because it's the one back here it's going to be a split of some sort again, and we have to hope that foreman's the goal line guy, and we may not know this by draft time you know I'm talking totally about draft time in August, not draft time uh for the people who are drafting early now, so it's uh for some ways frustrating. Uh, I would have rather seen just Herbert to be there alone. So I would have known come dressed. I'm, okay, Herbert's the guy you want. He's the, the only guy that's going to be there. But I kind of read it like you. Uh, I think Foreman's going to be the guy. I think he is going to be the goal line guy as well. So if Foreman's going to be the guy I want. I sort of feel a little bit bad for Herbert, by the way, because I think he could be a decent back if they just left him alone.
1: Yeah, I think it maybe just seems like this coaching staff just prefers sort of, you know, old school, 220 pound, 230 pound running back, you know, between the tackles. And then you bring in Herbert, who's a little bit smaller and you kind of have him be the third down back, the the space back. And I mean, that's how most teams do their backfield these days. You got your grinder and you have your third down back. Honestly, a lot of teams use three guys. So we'll see if Travis Homer factors in to that equation at all. Uh, feels like the ninth year in a row, George, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are bringing in a veteran running back who is did nothing the year before Giovanni Bernard, LaShawn McCoy. I mean, how many of these guys have they uh, brought in? Uh, I mean, he, honestly, even Leonard Fournette, when, when he came to Tampa Bay was, at, he had just been cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars. They love to bring in these retreads. I'm guessing Chase Edmonds is not going to play a ton for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think Rashad White, will be the lead back. I think uh, my, my good buddy Patrick Laird might get to be active on game days now because he plays special teams and Chase Edmonds does not. But, I mean, there is a possibility that the team was disappointed by what Rashad White did last year, and the results on the field aren't going to matter that much for the uh, the Buccaneers anyway. So what's, what's the harm in playing Chase Edmonds?
2: Yeah, I think Edmonds will play a little bit. Uh, nothing special here. I don't think White's all that special either. I might throw this at you. They draft 19. If John Roberts is there at 19, do they pull that trigger? You know, do they pull that trigger uh, to get the uh, top running back in the draft, someone who's expected to be special? Now, I don't know if Bay, uh you know, the uh, GM, the ownership, do they believe in taking a running back that early? A lot of teams don't. You know, it's not an important position. Once again, you look at Ezekiel Elliott. He was great, and then he just he ran out of gas, you know, four years in. You know, the, do you want to spend a uh, premium pick on a running back, which you may only have for four, five years before he's going to go? Before you uh, all the trend of tires goes away here. But I do wonder this. I also might say I wonder if they going to take it's a strong tight end draft if they draft the tight end early, uh for that matter as well. Now that they uh you know Gronk's been gone for a couple of years, Brait, uh nothing special there. Kate Otten, okay, but uh I could go that direction as well. But I do wonder if they're gonna have some serious thoughts about taking Bajan Robinson at nineteen.
1: Uh well, I mean I don't think he's gonna be there at nineteen. I don't I don't disagree with your logic, but I just I think to me, B. John Robinson's going at eight to the Atlanta Falcons. I think you can pretty much put that, uh, I don't know if I'd write that Ooh. in pen, but I think that you can write it in pencil and not have uh, not have an eraser too far away. Finally, a quarterback signing free agency who I think has a decent chance to start, at least to begin the season. Gardner Minshew signs a two-year deal with the Indianapolis Colts. Now, why I, this is interesting is the team released Matt Ryan. They tried the Sam Ellinger thing last year. It didn't really work. Now, a lot of people are anticipating the Colts are going to draft a quarterback, and obviously, I think they—they they definitely still could. They could trade up. I—I I actually am thinking Will Levis might fall a little bit, so I don't know if you'd have to trade up if you want Will Levis. And I mean, you got to think Gardner Minshew was brought in explicitly to be the bridge quarterback. You know, he was brought in to start for like Mike Mitch Trubisky last year. You know, start six games or whatever, wait till the team goes in the tank, then the rookie gets to start. That's—that's that's sort of what it seems like to me.
2: Well, they won't have the trade-up to get Levis, so They had the fourth pick in Indianapolis. Uh, Levis is not going top three. Uh, I think the Indianapolis is in a good spot. If they like Levis, they'll, they'll get him. I think their question is, will you know, could Young fall that far? Because people are going to be in love with Richardson. What does Arizona do with three? If Arizona stays at three and takes the best player available, well, then Indianapolis will have their choice of likely Levis or Richardson, uh, Young, Stroud, whoever doesn't in the first two. We know the first two picks are gonna be quarterbacks here. So I think uh I think is actually in a decent spot if it's a big if if they like Lewis. If they like Lewis, they're gonna get they're gonna get their guy. Or one other guy they like better. Richardson, young, Stroud. Where we once again there'll be two of them available there. Assuming Arizona takes a defensive player and doesn't trade down. And if I'm Arizona, by the way, I gotta wonder. you, think Atlanta at eight is gonna take a Bajon? I wonder if Atlanta's gotta trade up to quarterback. It's getting a little ridiculous here. Uh, I don't think they have one on their roster. I don't don't, don't care about the uh, uh, Ritter right now. No, thanks. Uh, So I do wonder if Atlanta's got to trade up the three to get someone or someone else has got to trade up to get a quarterback there at three. Uh, I wonder. So I I think Arizona's in a good spot here to do that, to trade down, get more picks, which they need here, uh, to to go in that direction here. But I think any now either way, they're in a good spot. They'll take their quarterback. Which is great. Trittson, great. Stroud, great. Young, great. They'll get somebody.
1: Yeah, they might end up getting lucky and and not having to take Will Levis, who I am not super enthusiastic about. So that is a look at some old faces in new places, a quick look at NFL free agency. Obviously, we're gonna continue to update you on that for the rest of NFL free agency. We're gonna run into break real quick when we return the San Diego Padres for fantasy baseball.
0: hello
1: everyone and welcome back into fantasy sports today here on sports grid tv i'm davis matic joined by george kurtz we just did a run through of nfl free agency in the last 24 hours transitioning our attention now to the diamond with a look at the san diego padres for fantasy baseball in 2023 looking at the nfbc adp of a bunch of their starters now george we have the lineup here with bogart soto machado and then a lot of names that I think people would, would be sort of surprised to be in the opening day lineup for a team that has spent as much money as the Padres. Uh, as of right now, Fernando Tatis Jr. is, uh, you know, he's, he's dealing through a knee injury. He's been scratched. Uh, they're going to limit his playing time a little bit probably this year. Surprising to see Nelson Cruz in the opening day lineup. Surprised to see Matt Carpenter. Now, the the Hassan Kim, Trent Grisham, Austin Nola, all very strong guys. And they still have some uh, you know, it's a, it's remains to be seen who's gonna be on their bench because uh Jerks and Profar is uh, I believe still uh maybe gonna be on the Colorado Rockies. They have Adam Engel, Brandon Dixon, Matt Beattie. But uh, I just I'm looking at this lineup and I'm like, how is Nelson Cruz at like 42 the opening day DH for this team? It seems very surprising to me.
2: For a team that has spent as much money as they have, they've made a lot of noise, right? A lot of noise. And remember, they actually put up the most money for Aaron Judge. Uh, it wasn't the biggest AAV, but the uh, the most money they were all offering over 400 million over I think 12, 13 years for Aaron Judge. Uh, but it was a late. They got it. They got in late, and by then I think Judge had already made up his mind to go back to the Yankees. So. Uh, This is a team that uh, for whatever it's worth, they're going for it, right? They're going for it this year. Now, the first thing you mentioned, I think is one of the most interesting as far as drafts are concerned. That's Fernando Tatis. Where do you draft him? I said, I've done a lot of mock drafts so far and I've seen him go. I have seen him go in the first round and these are all analyst leagues. Okay. Now they're mocks. So people may be saying, okay, how, how do things work out? If I take Tatis early Uh, and that's very true. But generally, he's not going any further than round three. He's suspended for the first 18 games, I believe it is. So we're not going to see him uh, for about the first three weeks of the season, three and a half weeks of the season or so. So keep that in mind. Remember, he got busted for uh, performance enhancing drugs. Now, we assume and this is, uh, you know, what do they say when you assume here? But we assume it's because he was trying to recover from the injuries. But for all we know, he's been using him forever. All right, maybe that's a big part of his success. We don't know that for sure. So a lot of questions here about Tatis. You mentioned he's hurt right now also. So once again, more questions, more and more and more questions. I know for me, uh, Davis, unless it's a Dynasty League, Keeper League, I'm, I'm pretty much staying away. I'm not going to spend a second-round pick on him. I'm just not going to do it. Shortstop is fairly deep this year, where I don't feel the need to reach out for him. So uh, as far as Tatis is concerned, uh, too many red flags for me. I'm staying away.
1: Yeah, um, so we have Xander uh, Bogarts, who has, of course, left the friendly confines of the Boston Red Sox to be the leadoff hitter for the San Diego Padres. Um, I, I'm not concerned at all about you know his skills translating. Uh, I think he will be really strong OBP, really strong for runs, uh, probably get a fair few number of RBIs compared to the average leadoff hitter. I do wonder, though, about spending a top 100 pick on a guy who probably isn't going to hit 20 home runs. Who probably isn't going to steal ten bases? Um, you know, I mean, it, it seems fine where he's going, but I don't. I don't think very many people are heading into their draft saying, "I got to leave this draft with Xander Bogarts."
2: You are correct. Uh, he's falling as far and for the reasons you have mentioned here. Plus, uh, when it comes for me, I shy away or at least downgrade players who are changing teams. Especially when they're changing leagues, there is an adjustment period here, even if they wanted to. I said, this is Frades. He wanted to go to San Diego, but there's an adjustment period here. You know, he was superstars. Think about Juan Soto last year going from Washington to San Diego. He got to a slow start there. It wasn't the, wasn't the Juan Soto. He wasn't Washington. It's always that adjustment period. These guys are human beings. You know, they got to figure: Hey, where do I go to eat the dinner? Where do I go to do this? Where do I go to do my laundry? Where can I get some coffee? That sort of thing. It's an adjustment period. They aren't quite comfortable yet. So uh, Bogart is definitely falling. He's certainly not a top five, top eight shortstop. He's more in that top ten range and closer to ten than any other number there. Uh, still a very good player here. But you're right. We're, what are we What are we looking for here? He's not gonna hit the 30 home runs, not gonna stay at 20 to 25 bases here. You even with the, the bigger bases and the shorter pairs and those other garbage that uh, all the baseball's got going on here. So what's your bonus here? To me, he's that a name shortstop who you don't mind having, as long as you got him in round seven round eight, hey, that's fine. You load it up at other positions, he won't hurt you, but I don't know who's gonna help you all that much either.
1: Yeah, we have two first rounders on the team, Juan Soto, Manny Machado. Both of them are priced pretty appropriately probably 30 and 10 incoming for Machado should help you out in batting average, at least not kill you in batting average. Uh, let's go a little bit further down the depth chart here. We've got Jake Cronenworth, who's a top 200 pick Hassan Kim, who is a, you know, basically your u- utility middle infielder. I'm, I'm maybe a little bit interested in Austin Nola as their catcher. Their other catcher right now, uh, Luis Campuano has a hamstring injury. Now, I mean, probably like we know, catchers who are not great, catchers who are who don't get any DH appearances or whatever, those guys are going to have a hard time seeing you know over 300 or so plate appearances. But just if Nola does have a better season than he's being projected, and he's been useful for fantasy baseball in the past, he, he weirdly enough had 10 home runs in 2019, the super happy fun ball year, and then has really come back down to earth since then. But is any any of these bench guys, you know, Trent Grisham? on uh, Kim, any of these lower end of the order, Padres, interesting to you for fantasy baseball?
2: Well, Cronworth is always going to have interest because he plays so many positions, depending on whether you're, you know, you're in a Yahoo League, a CBS League. He may be eligible at three, four positions there, which is value to a fantasy team. Now, you're not dying to get him, but, you know, grab somebody late who could fill in when injuries happen. and We all know injuries are going to happen. Sure, I'm interested. Grisham, no. Kim, no. As for Noah, listen – I would hope a lot of leagues nowadays we only start one catcher. Thank the heavens, all right, for that. Because, man, starting two catchers is brutal. So if you are playing in a league with two catchers, well, then Nola has value. One catcher, he does not. All right, you're not going to go for Nola here. There are better catchers than him. Catching as a – listen, as itself, you have two different philosophies here. Either you're going to spend an early pick and you're going to get Real Muto. You're going to get Varsho, Perez, uh, Rutschman on Baltimore, Will Smith. Right. One of those top five, you know, spend, you know, around fifth round pick for them, or you wait forever. Because after that, they, they're all the same. All right. They're either splitting time or they're so, so, you know, Contreras on St. Louis. We'll see Kirk, you know. OK, fine. They brought the fences in, in Toronto. I'm trying to get every Blue Jay I possibly can, by the way. That was already a home or haven. And they brought the fences. in. what are we doing here? Uh, Sean Murphy, fine. Uh, you know, Melendez. Melendez is someone you shouldn't forget about, but that's how you're going up about with catcher. Either you're spending an early pick or you can wait till round 15, round 18 before you worry about it because they're all the same after that. Raleigh, Stevenson. Uh, so, guys, you can just, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter after all. They're not going to win you a league. They're not going to lose you a league either.
1: Yeah. Moving now to the starting pitching rotation, headlined by Hugh Darvish and Blake Snell. Joe Musgrove, actually, probably my favorite starting pitcher on the staff he is going to begin the year injured although uh we did get a report on tuesday of this week i believe that just 12 days after fracturing one of the toes in his foot he was already throwing a bullpen session so that is pretty good news you know if you were someone who'd been drafting early or if you'd bought a little bit of an injury dip there on joe musgrove i i mean he he's been a very good starting pitcher for the padres really strong projection 160 innings pitched, even with the injury, 3.6 ERA, more strikeouts in than innings pitched. Darvish has really been up and down. You know, there's really no other way to say it. 311 ERA last year, but 423 the year before in 166 innings pitched uh, was really not great in 2019 either. Obviously, he's been, for stretches, has been one of the best pitchers in starting baseball, and then has been a guy who you kind of had to close your eyes to watch every five days and snell snell a guy who i mean basically he uh as a member of the san diego padres never has lived up to the free agent deal that he got but still useful for fantasy baseball not really interested in waka nick martinez will probably exit the rotation as will seth lugo this is a team george that also i believe might go with six starting pitchers to start the year they might go with the six man rotation um just to kind of leave that spot open for Musgrove, so how are you viewing these starting pitchers for fantasy baseball?
2: Yeah, I think you said it nicely here. Uh Darvish is a little it's hard to trust him. It's very hard to trust him for where he's going. He's going as pretty much an SP2. Uh and I, I don't know if I'm gonna go in that direction. There'll pitches around where he's being drafted where I would probably rather go in that direction. You know, give me an Alex Manoa, give me a Max Fried, Framer Valdez. You know, they're all going to the same area, and I would probably rather have those guys over someone like Darvish. So, like uh, I said, I don't trust him. What you said about Blake Snell is very true. All right, he, just, he just hasn't been that guy with Sandy For whatever reason, just hasn't been that guy that he was with Tampa Bay. Uh, so I'm not banking on him either. Uh, as far as Musgrove uh, is concerned, not worried about the injury. It's not an arm injury. It's not an elbow. It's not a shoulder. So I'm not all that worried about him. I think he might miss a start maybe two at, at most. And over a long season, I don't care about that. Don't care about that at all, especially in the early part. So I'm if you wherever you're gonna draft, him, you're fine. Granted, I, I've lowered him in my rankings. He was once an SP two. Now he's a top SP three because he's gonna miss, I think, two starts here. So I gotta lower him a little bit here. But I'm not, I'm not afraid of taking him. If I was gonna take him anyway, not worried about that. And what you said about Walker Martinez, true. Seth Lugo's there as well. These guys are more. You want to take on your reserve round, see what happens. Fine. Pickups during the season, fine. When injuries happen, but I'm not going. I'm not going crazy trying to get any of these guys.
1: Yep. All right. Real quick here, Josh Hader uh, did get 36 saves last year, highest WHIP of his career, 5.2 ERA. I mean, what what's the deal here? Are we taking him? Do we feel good? Did he forget how to throw strikes? What is the deal with Josh Hader?
2: Listen, so we can talk closes for our segment, man. Uh closer for our problem. No Edwin Diaz now. There aren't that many pure closes here. What you said about Hater is true. His numbers took a big, big hit last year, but you got no choice. He's the number three on my board as far as closes are concerned here. He's gonna go early, around round six, somewhere around there. Maybe early because there's just not enough closes to go around.
1: Not enough closers to go around. I always like to bet on these guys finding their skills again, especially Hader, who's got that insane velocity. We're going to go ahead and run into break here real quick on Fantasy Sports Today. When we return, we will, of course, be doing fantasy or reality. It's smarter to be on Facebook. Hello everyone and welcome back into fantasy sports today here on sports grid TV. I'm Davis Matic joined by George Kurtz. Before we get in to fantasy reality, I need to remind everyone to please be following at sports grid and at sports grid TV right now with March madness going on, you need to be plugged in. You need to know what's going on in the tournament. You need to know what's going on in NFL free agency. We're going to be updating you on the golf tournament going on just really everything you need to be smartly wagering on sports managing your fantasy teams we've got you covered at sports grid. so make sure that you're following at sports grid and at sports grid tv on twitter instagram really wherever you've got social media we're there for you rebecca and the team do a great job managing those handles and uh george you know i'm sitting here looking around at nfl free agency only seven teams have signed a wide receiver at all seven teams added a new wide receiver through four days of free agency now part of that not a very good wide receiver class, which I think is really driving up the cost of wide receivers in trades. We know DeAndre Hopkins probably wants to be traded, probably will get traded. Odell Beckham Jr. reportedly wants $20 million to sign with the team. Benjamin Albright has reported that the Denver Broncos are listening on trades for Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. I On that one, I think Sutton will get traded if someone's willing to take his contract. Hard for me to believe they want to trade Judy Who's still getting paid his rookie contract? I, I think they'll they want to hang on to Judy, but I would not be surprised to see Carlton Sutton traded. Where? How? What's your read on the wide receiver market?
2: Well, I think you said it correctly, right? It's it's a, you said it's a not good wide receiver market. It's a terrible wide receiver market. Right? It just was. We knew that coming in. There were no really. There are no game changers out there. Odell Beckham can want whatever he wants. Right? Hey, I can want $100 million too. Ain't nobody going to give it to me. He's not getting $20 million a year. He's not. Uh, he may have taken half that, maybe $10 million. Even that might be with incentives. Uh, he will sign with somebody eventually here. I'm sure, once again, he's reading the market too. You know, hey, I'm the best one that's out here, right? So I should get paid. Uh, Denver, I think, is doing the same exact thing here. Uh, they, they don't have a first round pick. They would like to get a first round pick, so we'll trade where our assets are, right? We are strong at wide receiver here. I don't think Sutton gets you a first round pick. I don't. I think Judy would, and we've heard uh, that they would want either a first round pick for Judy or a high second round pick and a player for Judy. So I think they're going about it the right way. They, they're play, they're reading the market here. If it's not out there for agency, then it has to be out there in trade. Uh, De'Andre Hopkins, you already said it, uh, taking on that salary. He's thirty uh, 31 offhand. Uh, so there's an older wide receiver here, but he has value as well. You know, I keep going back to the Cowboys. They've cleared a lot of cap and restructured a lot of contracts here. And we keep hearing their name mentioned with all of these guys. They're interested in Hopkins. They're interested in Judy. They're interested in Beckham. I got to think eventually Jerry Jones is going to pull that trigger to get uh, that next ex- uh, explosive weapon for Dak Prescott in that offense.
1: I mean, that they need to, uh, you know, like having Noah Brown and these guys fill in. They don't I mean, they're letting Dalton Schultz go in free agency like they they need Dak, I think, has clearly shown he's a very good NFL quarterback. Not a great NFL quarterback, right? Not not a, a true Hall of Fame level guy especially since the ankle injury robbed him of his mobility that was so good for him early on in his career so i do think you got you got to add someone maybe maybe multiple someones you know because jalen tolbert the third round pick last year couldn't get on the field you know he was playing behind a bunch of career undrafted free agent type guys so i i definitely think that they need to be adding someone and on that note let's go ahead and get into fantasy or reality All right, so the World Baseball Classic is now getting to the quarterfinal stage. The teams are, are getting paired into their brackets. The USA is going to be playing Venezuela, and Puerto Rico and Mexico are going to be playing each other in the quarterfinals. We have reached the knockout stage of the World Baseball Classic. Honestly, the, uh, the big reason that uh, the, the World Baseball Classic has been in the headlines has been a, a couple of injuries. Edwin Diaz, quite a severe injury, uh, injured his patella tendon celebrating in a win and uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. banged up his knee, although it sounds like he's probably going to be fine and be available, which, which uh, sparked a lot of ire on social media. You know, we, we had uh, what Keith Oberman complaining about the world baseball classic because he's a Mets fan and didn't want to see Edwin Diaz, you know, not be available, but uh, we got here, George fantasy or reality. You care about who wins the world baseball classic.
2: Yeah. I'm not going to tell you on the, uh, the most ardent supporter of it that i watch every game i do watch you know is uh it's better than spring training baseball right? so it's more compelling there and the games are fun it's, it's real baseball they're trying i mean these guys want to win whether we care or not the players want to win you can see the emotion though, the excitement that they play for there uh so it's been uh, it's been enjoyable to watch uh i i i joke the one game that i was actually gonna be able to sit down with and watch uh i'm doing in game live with doves and ranieri it's the usa versus uh i think it was canada and before I got off the segment, it was 9-0 Team USA. I'm like, oh, great. The only game I could sit down and watch is 9-0 at the one inning. Yay. Uh, so that that was terrible. That being said, do I care about who wins the World Baseball Classic? Well, the way it's phrased, yes. I do care. So it's reality. I do care. Do I care a lot? No. I'm not going to be upset if Team USA doesn't win. I, I do not expect Team USA to win. I actually would be very surprised if Team USA wins. And it's hard to care when I think uh, – You know, I think I said a stat a bunch of times for Team USA, the top 14 pitchers that garnered Cy Young Award votes in last year's uh, race are not pitching for Team USA. They all opted out. They didn't want to play. Garrett Coles and guys like that didn't want to play. So, you know, it is what it is there. But uh, yes, sure. I care about who wins. I am keeping track.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't care. I, I gotta be, I gotta keep it truly a hundred percent. You know, I know like Craig is really into this. Uh, he he did a segment on Wednesday in the sports grid 60 about how the tickets in Miami were the most expensive get in prices at the Marlin stadium ever. So people, and, and I'm not saying that people shouldn't care about it, that I don't, I, I think it's cool. I think it's very cool that this happens. And I think one of the uh, the best things about it has been seeing the international teams and how excited and how pumped they are for it. And even the Team USA guys, you know, and their media availability yesterday, all of them were saying, um, yeah, like, this is awesome. Like, you should do, like, Mike Trout was, like, very specific about being like, I'm having a really good time doing this. I wish we got to do this more often, you know, play international baseball. And I like international sport, you know, uh, obviously was very tuned in to the World Cup. But I, I would, uh, anyone who said, I don't care about the World Cup, Craig didn't really lo- care about it. Craig wasn't really following it. That's fine. You know, it's, it's everyone's got to have their own cup of tea. Uh, regular season baseball is a tough watch for me anyways. So extra international baseball is going to be below the, uh, the line for me, which is fine. You know, I, I admit, much like with March Madness, I admit that I'm the weird one for not being 100% locked in. So I got fantasy there as well. Moving on to the NFL free agency trades, Austin Eckler has reportedly been given permission by the Los Angeles Chargers with his agent to seek out a trade because they don't want to pay him a bunch of money. Austin Eckler, I think, should be getting paid a lot of money. He's a very good football player. The Chargers are entering into, uh, you know, same spot the Bengals are, a very... Tough cap situation is they're about to have to pay Herbert a bunch of money. They're already paying Mike uh, Mike Williams a bunch of money. They have a bunch of defensive guys who are on huge contracts for defensive players. They just don't have, they, they don't want to tie up the cap with a running back. So fantasy reality, George, Austin Eckler is the best player available for trade in the NFL fantasy reality.
2: This was a little tougher. We don't know every player who's available for trade. Right. So uh, I would probably go fancy just on that alone there, by the way. Technically, is Lamar Jackson available for trade? I would say yes. And I would say well, I would rather have Lamar Jackson in, in the, today's NFL than Austin Eckler. Eckler's great, by the way. Everybody would love Austin Eckler here. But uh, since that alone here would make me say fantasy there. I think Lamar Jackson is available. You can talk to the, uh, the Ravens about him. And you can go on him in a trade if you'd like. So I'd go that direction alone there. Uh, So I'm going to go fantasy here, but it's not nothing against Eckler. He's a fantastic player. I think he's making $6.5 million a year. You said it. He certainly deserves more than that, maybe double. Maybe double. But as I keep saying over and over again, he's a running back. Teams just don't pay running backs. They don't. You know, and you've got to be a special, special back to get paid here. Uh, And Eckler doesn't look like he's lost a step yet. But he's also a specific type of running back, right? He's not that guy who's going to carry the, uh, the ball twenty times a game. He's got to get, uh, get his catch out of the backfield. It's going to be used all over the place here. Different kind of backs, so he needs a different kind of offense there as well, or a certain kind of offense to really succeed in here. But as far as the answer to the question, I'm going to say this is fantasy. Uh, I said Lamar Jackson alone would make me uh, t- take him over him, and I'm sure there are other there's another player or two if you really thought about it that we'd rather that uh, we could garner via trade than Austin Eckler. Hey, maybe Jerry
1: Judy. Maybe Jerry Judy. I think I. I mean, even if you exclude the quarterbacks, right? So you exclude Lamar, exclude Aaron Rodgers, whoever. I think this is, is still a fantasy because DeAndre Hopkins is reportedly very available for trade, and you know it's just the it's just the nature of the NFL. You know, wide receivers are going to have a greater impact than running backs do, and I think there's a pretty reasonable argument that having your offense based around throwing the ball to your running back actually makes it worse i think we saw that with the chargers last season you know justin Herbert had one of the lowest average depths of target in the nfl because he threw the ball 103 times to austin eckler probably a bit too many uh you know it's just it's just a bit much so i got fantasy as well both for positional value and because deandre hopkins and maybe even like chris godwin and corlton sutton are available for for trades as well so i i got fantasy there finally We got a couple different reports. I mean, one, the ongoing report that the Washington Commanders are available for sale. The NFL doesn't want Dan Snyder to own a team. The other NFL owners don't want Dan Snyder to own a team. They want him out. He, I mean, every time you hear about the Commanders, it's awful. It's some scandal. People not getting, it's just all bad. It's all bad with the Commanders. But there was a report uh, this morning that Michael Jordan is uh, pondering selling his stake in the Charlotte Hornets crazy. I mean, it's kind of even kind of crazy that Michael Jordan even owns an NBA team, but we don't even hear from him that much. But uh, George, fantasy or reality, the Washington Commanders will be sold before the Charlotte Hornets.
2: Yeah, I think this one's reality for me here. Uh, now, yes, I did know that Michael Jordan uh, is planning on sale or planning, wants to, looking into selling his uh, stake in Charlotte. I did know that. But we also heard yesterday that uh, the Snyders That's Dan and his wife. I don't remember his wife's name offhand have cleared out their office. Uh, So it looks like a a sale is not only happening, but it's imminent that it could happen really any day now, maybe before the draft here, which I think would make everybody delighted. And I mean, everybody, by the way, I think the Washington fans would be happy to get rid of Schneider. I think the players want him gone. So the NFL wants him gone. The other owners want him gone. He's been nothing but a headache for this league. All right, so I think this sale, I hope it's imminent. It seems to me like it's going to happen shortly here. Uh, I would probably pick Washington anyway, because even if it's true that uh, Jordan does want to uh, sell his stake, well, he's just starting the process, right? This process can take a while right, to get done here. So I'm going to say reality. Washington will be sold before the Charlotte Hornets.
1: Yeah, I got I got reality as well. I mean, the NBA can make these things happen very fast-ish. You know, the, the Clippers sale – pretty fast, right? Steve Ballmer swept in, but the Phoenix Suns sale, that was building up for a year, 18 months. I mean, that took a long time to get the legal ownership of the team changed over. This has been in the works for the commanders for a while. Sounds like the liquidity to buy the team away from Daniel Snyder is is very much there. So I've got reality. I think that's, uh, I, I bet we get this done before the start of the new league year. That, that to me sounds like probably what the team would like to do so that is going to be the conclusion of fantasy reality everyone if you missed any part of today's show the san diego padres fantasy baseball preview or old faces in new places you can go back and watch that on demand remember it is smarter to be on sports grid george and i are going to run at the break real quick on the show see you back for the sports Grid Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. I am Davis Maddock, joined by George Kurtz. And as always, we are going to end this program with the Sports Grid 60.
2: All right, Major League Baseball sent out a memorandum yesterday to teams, warning them once again that there's going to be a crackdown on the sticky stuff again. So they're going to be, uh, you know, frisking their pitches here. They're going to do a little uh, Leslie Nielsen and Naked Gun and finding sandpaper, Vaseline, glue, and everything else here. Uh, listen, I'm all that's all fine and good here. I don't understand why baseball just doesn't manufacture balls with grip. You know, they, this is what they do in Japan. They actually, uh, their balls have grip on them so that uh, the uh, players won't have to use, uh, you know, spider attack, gorilla glue and everything else they are using here. Uh, and the batters don't even care, by the way, the batters don't care if the pitchers are using it because these pitches are throwing the ball a hundred plus miles an hour. The batters want to know if they know where the ball is going and probably not at their heads. So uh, I said baseball, I think they make, they make it harder than it has to be. This manufactured balls with some grip here and you won't have to worry about this problem. But they're going to be checking these pitches over and over again and maybe more than just once a game and they're going to make it more random now so the pitches won't know when it's coming
1: yeah i think you're uh, i think you make an interesting point I'm, I'm with you on that so my sports grid 60 for today is about live golf and brooks Kepka. greg norman george removed live golf from his twitter headline so when you go click on greg norman's profile you don't see anything About live golf. This is coming at the same time that we're hearing reports that some of the big boys, some of the guys who signed big money, might want to come back because turns out playing in golf tournaments that absolutely do not matter is not a very fulfilling way to live. I think we are trending towards live, winding down, not existing or existing in a different format. And a lot of these guys, Cameron Smith, Brooks, these guys, Phil, getting welcomed back to the PGA Tour in some shape or form eventually. Maybe I'm just hoping. But uh, I definitely feel like that is a possibility. Everyone, thank you very much. Uh, thanks to everyone at LPN. Thanks to Brett. Thanks to Mike. Thanks to George. Smarter to be on Sports Grid. We'll be back with you on Monday.